So the last recording, I spoke about uh, ghost nets, and we spoke from the article uh, of an article that was in the Guardian, talking about the issue of ghost nets, how they end up in the ocean, why they end up in the ocean, uh, largely due to economics, and uh, whether that's because of the cost of taking it somewhere to have it recycled, although that can be worked out, or the fact that basically they take space on different boats, and um, they they'd rather use that cargo space. So the ocean being the big dump, um, a lot of these fishing groups just uh, cut their old nets. And um, that's what the article was talking about. But today I'm going to talk a little bit more on the same topic of ghost nets. And um, an article that came out of the National Geographic a while back talks about how groups go out like healthy seas and recover. And these are groups that are spread out. Uh, we discovered that uh, uh, waves and flippers did this in the Baltics, uh, other parts around the world too. Uh, they are from the Baltics, sorry, but they do this around the world. Um, we have groups like Healthy Seas and uh, famous names like Baskel van Orb. So um, these are some names, but uh, this article talks about other ones. And um, they also talk about what happens and who are getting involved with the recycling of these old nets. So. This bit is called Meet the Volunteers Removing Deadly Ghost Nets from the Ocean. Sustainability is one of fashion's most pressing, pressing issues, and luxury Italian brand Prada is taking note. The Prada Green Island Project is connecting with upcycling initiatives around the world to turn harmful waste, from old carpets to fishing nets, into iconic Prada pieces by using Econil Regenerated Nylon. Econil is, um, so that was the short note there. Econil is one of the names that we hear a lot when it comes to recycling of uh, ghost nets specifically. And um, I've been talking about them in other things. And the first time I heard that name was when I was doing research on the on uh, Kelly Slater and his interest in actually creating swimwear from recycled materials. That's how I got launched into the idea of textiles and so forth. So here's the article now by Johnny Langenheim. And um, it's within the uh, National Geographic, and uh, I hope you will enjoy it. And uh, here we have it. Rob Wilson checks his dive watch and stands up in his cumbersome dry suit, twin oxygen tanks strapped to his back. His buddies already in the water. Two free divers who will stay at the surface level and keep an eye on things, and two scuba divers who will help him recover the ghost net that descends like a pillar. 46 feet to the ocean floor. He steadies himself, then giant strides into the cold southern ocean water. Wilson runs Ghost Fishing New Zealand, GFNZ, a Wellington-based volunteer organization that's dedicated to removing ghost gear and other debris from coastal waters. He and his team head out most weekends on cleanup missions, responding to reports of abandoned nets spotted by divers or boats. 45 minutes later, Wilson and his team bob to the surface. They've managed to pull the net free from the ocean bed and now set about dragging it laboriously onto the Seafarer 2, a 50-feet-long commercial fishing boat the volunteers use in their salvaging operations. The net is heavy with mud, encrusted with crustaceans, starfish, sea squirts, and the skeletons of creatures that trap themselves in the net's fine nylon filaments. 
Back on board, the divers free as many critters as they can from the net, tossing them back in the water. That's a 40 by 50 meter net, Wilson says, pulling off his dive mask. It's probably been down there for at least 20 years. Ghost gear, lost and abandoned fishing nets and other fisheries equipment, accounts for around 10% of all the plastic waste in our oceans. As much as 50% of the Great Pacific Barbage Patch is ghost gear. Industrial ghost nets can be massive, up to 6 miles long. They drift on ocean currents, continuing to catch fish and other marine animals long after their owners lost or disposed of them. Unless, unless it's been incinerated, pretty much all the plastic ever produced is still out there in the environment. Nylon nets can take centuries to degrade. They kill everything from shrimp and starfish to turtles, sharks, dolphins and whales, at an annual rate that is well into the millions. Small fish get trapped. Larger fish try and feed on them and get trapped themselves, until eventually the net sinks to the ocean floor where it is picked clean. Then it rises to the surface and the whole cycle begins again. The United Nations Environmental Program, UNEP, estimates that 640,000 metric tons of ghost gear enters the ocean ecosystems every single year. Recovering this ghost gear isn't easy. Even a net 130 feet long can prove challenging. It's tough technical diving, especially right now in the middle of winter when we have to deal with cold water and low visibility, Wilson explains, as the skipper weighs anchor and prepares to head back to port. We are in the relative shelter of Mahanga Bay on the Miramar Peninsula, a promontory in the middle of Wellington Harbour, but the water is choppy nonetheless whipped up by powerful gusts from the north. Wellington is known for its winds. The skipper hoses the net down before we get back to port, washing off years of encrusted mud and dead biomass. Once he's done, all that remains is a mass of green webbing that seems untouched by its decades-long sojourn underwater. GFNZ cooperates with Healthy Seas, an environmental initiative that connects with volunteer divers from around the world as well as engaging the fishing industry to both recover ghost gear and develop more sustainable fisheries so that gear isn't lost in the first place. They're also working with educators so that in the future, closed-loop systems can be applied across the industry, from fish farms to open-ocean fisheries. One of the organization's biggest successes has been in finding a market for the nets that are recovered. Before Healthy Seas came along, the nets were just ending up in a landfill, which isn't ideal, says Wilson. Now, they're being recycled. The Healthy Seas Initiative was co-founded by Aquafil, an Italian nylon manufacturer building circular supply chains that source raw materials from waste instead of directly from the petrochemical industry. The chemical structure of nylon 6 allows it, allows it to be infinitely recycled without ever losing its original quality. Aquafil has developed a process that turns nylon-based products, such as old nets and used carpets, into a premium-quality pantative thread called Econil, used to weave Prada's regenerated nylon fabric and create the new Prada Re-Nylon capsule collection. Since its inception in 2013, Healthy Seas has collected almost 550,000 tons of nets from the seas and the oceans. Though this represents a small fraction of the amount of net that's out there, it is still significant, given that recovery operations rely almost entirely 
on the efforts of volunteers like Wilson and his crew. We connect with Wilson the next day at his base of operations, a bungalow in the hills above Wellington. His garage is filled with dive gear, tanks, buoyancy, jackets and scooters that can propel divers at high speed through the water. He's also kept mementos from previous dives, a rusted camcorder from the 90s, tankards and ceramic bottles dating back to the 19th century. There's even a naval captain's hat. Inside the bungalow is the computer console where Wilson peers at maps and GPS coordinates to recover nets. You have to find them first. It's taken him two weeks and multiple dives with scooters to find this one, since it had drifted from where it was first spotted. Nothing about that Wilson and GFN, GFNZ does to recover nets is easy. So what is it that drives Wilson to do this important work? I love the ocean. Ghost nets are so destructive. It's just good to be part of a community that's doing something about them. There we have it. That's the article. Goodwill, pushing forwards, doing their bit. Uh, we should talk a bit more about Healthy Seas. And um, it's fantastic that a group like Healthy Seas has uh, been actually coordinating this form of circularity and systemizing uh, how to recover the waste. I would imagine that, um, one, it's great that the big groups such as Prada are using this to bring awareness and leading in their, in their field. And I also think that um, I would imagine that the fishing industry is probably not as keen to use materials that have been previously used for the simple reason that they are, how can I put it? They're used to wanting to have top quality and they still imagine that top quality comes from buying things new as uh, it's part of their craft. And I think there's a, probably a cultural element there that needs to be addressed. That's just my uh, first impression, though, from reading this article. Um, this is not a, an educated, uh, uh, or I've not had any conversation with them as per se. So looking forward to the next recording. I hope this has given you a little more information on recycling ghost nets, what they are, how they are being put to good use, and the groups that are involved, and the fact that they are still many, many volunteers on which this great work depends on. Thank you so much for listening. And until the next recording, bye for now.